welcome to another episode of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I'll be your host for today, or tomorrow, or Tuesday. Because uh, <laughs> after all, it's your podcast. Now, joining me today, um, he's not, it's it's Patrick Kelly from Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not the loud one, uh, I'm not the female one. <laughs> uh, I'm not the gloomy one. I'm just the one. I'm just, just <laughs> the guy who kind of sits in the middle, uh, unremarkable, pressing the buttons, uh, doing my thing. So if, yes, it, it's, you, you, you got, you got me. Uh, and I, but I was, I was ecstatic to come on to the show. <laughs> Love what you get, what you've been doing. Uh, I've been picking up your episode for the a little while now. Yeah. Um, and I very much love your utterly, uh, ungrounded and uh, unpredictable sort of stream of consciousness, whether we could be talking about, uh, you know, playing magic maze with our parents or, uh, you know, some uh, the great vicissitudes of, of various things which can be put upon breadstuffs. You know, it's all it's all here, people. It's just a collection. Um, it's like a menagerie of chaos, where the 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 actual zookeepers are the animals, and it yeah, could potentially indeed. be and a it, popular children's show. But you know, right? And but if you if you if you if you plumb the depths, I think if you were to look into the uh, in between spaces of where people talk, I think there's a universal truth in this show that people are not quite appreciating. It's the dark matter. <laughs> that is what you need to be listening to. It's uh, the explosive if, stuff. It's right, the stuff if, that if it meets the nice stuff is going to explode into a horrible mess of cardboard right, and plastic. Right. If you could, if you could find a way, there, there are those those podcast players that people have where it will close up all of the empty space, so it's just all language, so that you know it's all compacted with people talking. I think for this show, if you could find a way to take all of the talking out. Um, and just have all the other the in between. I think there's a truth in between there that that they're trying to. I mean, it could be. It's going to be like Buzz, Buzzfeed Unsolved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's Ryan something. Gets, Ryan gets deep. the machine that goes. Are you ready to talk to us today? And they go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like you know, kind of like EMT, EMP, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Just explore it. Uh, there's a contest in there. There to the first person that figures out what I'm talking about and what you're finding, I want somebody to go listen to the entire catalog of this podcast. And there's a there's a there's a message hidden inside of that. And if you uh, if you figure it out and put it in the thread, then you will gain you'll get a, a prize of some sort. Uh, well, I thanks, shouldn't say thanks, that. Thanks for I, that commitment. Yeah, I, sh- I, 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 I'm completely <laughs> lying, just to cover my butt. Uh, I don't know what the new EU rules are. You know, we get all these emails about wrecked, all your. Yeah, I know. You've just yeah, wrecked the entire GDPR uh, because you. Are I know. You're exposing my data. And I know I exactly. People, so <laughs> I don't want done. exposing my data. So I will be going to uh, EU jail, uh, <laughs> which I guess is. Is what is that Czechoslovakia? Where is that? I, I uh, actually um, EU jail is in the UK because they looked at the worst, they looked at the, the most interesting place to put a jail, and uh, I'm not going to say where that jail is because gotcha. potentially you're going to like insult people, and I don't like no no. I like and ins- I should be clear, like I say the Czechoslovakia thing. Uh, first of all, Czech Republic. My apologies, I was being a bit anachronistic there, but 
I, I used to be a kayaker, like a oh, big, have, like a whitewater kayaker back in, in my youth. And I kayaked with two of the coolest human beings I've ever known. Both were Czech Olympic kayakers. Cool, cool, cool people. So I, I, I say all of that with total tongue firmly in cheek. Is that not a scary uh, thing? Is I mean, what's scarier, board games or kayaking? Oh, kayaking for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, unless, you know, I mean, it depends, right, what my mood is um, and how many moves I have to take back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but they're actually, the analogs are quite, very much, you know, I, there's a lot of similarity between the two in a lot of ways, right? Because when you're kayaking, what you're doing is you get into a quiet space mm-hmm. and you look at the lines, you kind of read the river, right? You figure yeah. out, okay, where are my lines? Where's the eddy going to break? How fast is this coming? And you pick all your routes out. So you plan everything and then you get out of the eddy, you break, you ferry over, but then the Water hits you a little harder on one edge than you expected, so now you're going a little farther to the left than you planned, so you've got to adjust, kind of, you know, adjusting in real time, all the while moving, figuring out, changing situations. I didn't see that hole, blah, blah, blah. And so in board game, it's the same way, you know? like It's worker placement, worker placement. Yeah, yeah you, you, you plan it out, but yep. everything goes haywire the second you know, uh, unknown variable gets mixed in there and you've just got to adjust on the fly. Or somebody puts the worker in your... Pl- Actually, whitewater rafting is very much like viticulture. It is? Yeah, it, yeah when someone yeah. puts their worker in the spot that you were planning to go to, yeah. yep, you find a, a, some stupid playboater is in your hole, yeah. you didn't see them. Yeah, you got to adjust. So there are... The parallels are there. Um, I haven't nearly died playing as many games as I did kayaking. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's close. It's close. close. Uh, But I mean, I imagine, you know, I play more games with Rob. I expect that number is likely to go up. But uh, but anyways, yeah. So I do love whitewater kayaking. But I I met my wife. This is a true story. I met my my wife uh, the the day I was on a whitewater trip. I was I was I used to run a I ran a hospital, basically. All right. Um, or a program at a hospital. Um, but it was in the woods. And I was going in to meet a young intern because my staffer, who was supposed to be doing that, wasn't available that day. So I go in to meet this young intern, and I'd just gotten off the river, and I'd had a really bad day on the river, and I was just, like, sopping with blood. Just cut still on me. Um, and a lot of, you know, just really I, bad day. Um, and, uh, <laughs> just which, which is standard. And I, I, I was wearing, you know, a bathing suit and a, a compression, <clears throat> a t-shirt. Yeah. And I walk in to meet this one intern, come to find out this other tr- intern was there, which was my, my then soon to be what, well, my eventually to be wife. Wow. And she was like, I guess I cut a nice swath, uh, because she was, she was uh, impressed, which women are not like, that's not the default position for <laughs> women and me like, were you kind of point, were you point breaking it were you kind of patrick swayze just a little bit a little bit yeah little rough, maybe little rough i was i mean i was cuts. like i yeah i mean i'd been off the river for three hours but i i covered myself with water i was wet nonetheless <laughs> did you walk uh, because i, 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 I carry, yeah oh i carry a water bottle with me yeah just for getting out of the car <laughs> in that very situation and uh yeah and the rest was uh history i'll put that in question marks yeah. the rest was uh stuff uh but in any event 
I haven't turned heads uh, since then. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, board games? Uh, well, potentially, yeah. But, you know, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you know. Um, did you, I mean, what kind of level did you get to in the kayaking? Did you actually try and do kind of semi-professional kind of stuff? Did you? No, I mean, I never got paid. Like- no, I, I, I was I was a guide. So I would uh, lead groups occasionally. I was trained as like a swift water rescue because you had to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I could do like solid class fives, but nothing. Like I wasn't, nobody paid me to do it. I, I bought all my gear. It was a hobby. I was more like I did climbing was my thing. I used to climb a lot and hiking like I'm really good at backpacking and was really good at backpacking and sort yeah. of trail guide and stuff like that um and I did a lot of work I was a uh, I was in mental health was what my work was right, and okay. uh and so I had a master's in psychology and I developed a lot of programs for using natural environments in therapeutic settings yeah and so I, I worked a lot with people in those settings um and that was what I did at the hospital I ran all their out I, I was one of two people who ran all of their outdoor ed programming. Oh, cool. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, but then I, I uh, went to law school, and basically it all turned to dust from there. Uh, I, 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 uh, I went from being kind of a dynamic, interesting person who was in pretty good shape to the man you see before you. But why, um, why law, though? I mean, I mean, well, I, 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 I mean, you're able to see the direct... I take it, doing the mental health stuff, you're able to see the direct impact of... I take it slowly working with people to get them kind of out and about and kind of see the th- the beneficial therapeutic kind of results of that. Then? Was that yeah. Not, was that not quite yeah. rewarding or was it really, really... It was rewarding. Yeah. It was nice. I liked it, but it was also... Uh, could also be very uh, oppressive and uh, debilitating. Uh-huh. Um, I guess what you sh- it should be known is in any person in the mental health profession would probably attest to this a lot of us are drawn to mental health because we're trying to solve our own problems right mm-hmm. you're, you're so I, I i've long been open about my struggles with uh a mood disorder and uh and and various other issues in that kind of derive from that it all kind of is a cascading effect and i mean i'm i'm high functioning don't get me wrong but i'm constantly kind of working that struggle yeah. a lot of us in, in the hobby candidly are um uh, and so, you know, and so I'm always dealing with that, struggling with that and always was. And as a result, because of the way that I was working and the the clients that I was working with, it became very hard for me to produce the sort of emotional distance that I needed. It was really taking a heavy toll upon me. Right. Um, and so I thought I wanted something that I've always wanted to be a helper. Um, I've always had a calling to serve others. And um, I've always had a good fluidity with language and a pretty good understanding of logic and other things. And so I thought that the law might be an interesting thing for me. Um, I've I've always said to this day, I love the law. Like I love studying it. I love understanding it. I love uh, kind of parsing out the reasoning and the philosophy behind law. I'm not fond of being a lawyer at all. Like it's not, it's, it doesn't suit me. I, I discovered, I still do it. And I do, I do poverty law. Um, okay. I work with, I work with, uh, indigent clients. Uh, I don't do criminal defense or anything like that. No. I only do, I help them protect their legal rights 
as it relates to housing and consumer, you know, blah, blah, blah. So is that uh, against kind of like um, landlord, tenant stuff or yeah, protecting yeah, what I've, their requirements are and what their rights are to certain access to certain facilities and things like that? Exactly. Benefits right. sometimes. A lot of, uh, I do a lot of banking law there. Yeah. My probably, my biggest practice is uh, is house, is home protection mm-hmm. for people who are dealing with hard times. Uh, I'll help them try to preserve their homes or if they've been taken advantage of by predators, which often happens and I can help them protect their interest. Uh, but you know, the work requires taking a lot of L's, uh, losing a lot, um, or at least modifying what it means to win. Um, which is not to say that I don't zealously advocate for my clients, but you're working at a major disadvantage. Um, often by a product of their choices and sometimes by a product the way the law is structured. Um, But anyways, uh, so yeah, that kind of was why I got into it because it looked like um, I wanted to be involved in that. And then, I mean, let's just be plain about it, right? Uh, I was getting married. I met the woman of my dreams, (laughs) going to get married. It made sense to produce, you know, a way that uh, we could kind of, have the life that we thought we wanted. Neither of us really wanted to be rich or uh, affluent, but we wanted to be comfortable for our children. Yeah. And, you know, um, which is not to say I am at this time. My work is, you know, I make uh, a, a workman's wage, but it's honest work, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to do it. Yeah. Have you, I mean, have you noticed kind of, as your work become harder over the last kind of, five, ten years with, you know, changes in economy and generally the way that... Have you seen more people being affected? As, as Well, a, yeah, so it, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Um, the law is a fluid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... The first area of law that I practice in was employment law because it was this sort of the last bastion for civil rights legislation in the United States. Yeah. Um, and I've always been a sort of an advocate for civil justice. Um, still am. And I still do work in that area. Um, but there became a growing need for, uh, additional protections. And because of the creation of certain, there's a law in the United States called the CFPB, the consumer, consumer finance protection law which created the consumer finance protection bureau yeah which created an, a whole new area of law that was designed to help people against the big guys and so as that area of law started to emerge there became a new area uh an opportunity for us to start taking advantage of giving a little more power to the, to the little guy mm-hmm. and so i started uh, educating myself on that so that i could sort of take advantage of it now the there's a lot of things that are being done to undermine that and i'm not going to get into all the politics of that uh but uh, the point being it, it, you know it's it's you have to be uh you have to be fluid you have to always be kind of uh have your head on a swivel in this work and um you know and be prepared for whatever you can do and a big part of what i do it should be said i still draw every day upon my mental health work yeah. like i will if i have a client that has a you know, I, I'm meeting with a client and the, the, the answer is a bad one, right? And it's going to take me five minutes to break down the law yeah. to them. But then I'll spend the next hour and a half being with them in the space that they are in, letting them cry, let them kind of work through stuff, 
you know, I always take, because of the way my work works, I'm, because of the, the nature of the ways I'm paid and whatnot, I'm able to be able to be very engaged and involved with my clients in that regard. I don't do all the social work stuff for them, but I help send them in that direction. But I kind of use all of my other skills to help them sort of work through what they need to so that they can have that catharsis and I uh, can make the emotions easier for them to manage. Um, you know, that's the part of the work that I think is the craft and that's where I'm probably, I'm, I'm a good lawyer. I know the law very well and I'm an, I'm an adroit advocate, but I'm a very good counselor. Um, and that's always kind of been what I've, I've done the most of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fulfilling work. Sometimes it can be taxing, but it's, it's satisfying. Would you go back to the counseling again or would you want to kind of maintain a certain distance by staying within the law side of things? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say, right? Because my issue with mental health is I believe in the necessity of sustaining and preserving mental health. I think that the unexamined life is not worth living. I think that uh, we all struggle and have to pick each other up all the time and it's our obligation to care for our fellow man it's the reason that we are in this world to my mind um i will always carry another man's load uh if i can yeah um and i guess for me though the challenge is is that we don't know what we don't know in mental health mental health is such an imperfect science it's it's instinct and it's a lot of sort of guessing in the dark it really is. Um, you know, I, I have a very empirical mind, right? Like I, I, I like evidence and I like to know that certain things move in a certain way, but I have an artist soul yeah. and in mental health, it can be hard because we don't have most of the answers. If you're treating with a mental health professional, that's great for you and I would encourage all to seek out help and certainly there's pharmacology and various other modalities that can serve all needs and there's great success but it's very much uh it's kind of a luck of the draw thing yeah. you know I mean yeah. I've I've been in therapy myself my whole life and it's very rare that I find a therapist that I resonate with in spite of my very best efforts and their very best efforts people I have great affection for respect for but they weren't able to provide me what I needed And so for me, part of the frustration of being in mental health is I felt like it was an imperfect tool for what I wanted to do. And I felt the the limits of what I could do were so constantly in spite of being, I mean, caring deeply and working diligently uh, to be as good as I could be. um, I just felt like I couldn't do it. You know, the tools just weren't there. And it wasn't a limitation of me. It's a limitation of what we know about the ways that we work. Yeah. Um, so, and which is not to say I am a big advocate of mental health and mental health practices and practitioners and people that are exploring new things in responsible ways. Much, much damage can be done, like horrible damage, but if not done carefully. But people who, who approach the work with care and I have at absolute admiration and respect for them but i i found myself feeling very uh, hollowed out by the work when it was all said and done if i could do it that's my calling but unfortunately i just didn't have the uh the fortitude i guess it was the emotional fortitude intestinal fortitude that the work took at the end of the day um, yeah and no, I, I have to know that it's, it's tougher to um 
move away from something that you're emotionally invested in and still take an entirely um, kind of rule, but I guess empirical kind of view in it. If yeah. you've been dealing with something for a period of time and, yeah. um, you know, kind of uh, then not just being able to stand away and say, right, I, I can't care about this because if I care, I end up kind of caring too much. And then it becomes, I become too involved and then it's difficult to kind of walk away without thinking about it kind of too much kind of thing, yeah. which is always yeah, was, like a difficult thing. Yeah, I was always able to keep the boundaries up between myself and my client. I was very practiced at that. And I always have been, mm-hmm. but the internal boundaries are what are always harder for me to, you know, to yeah. let go of. And, uh, it's hard, you know? Um, but, and I have great respect for people that do it, uh, in all, you know, in all manifestations, you know, there are a lot of people out there in this world, hundreds of people. I've doubt many of the people I've met in this hobby are healers, right? They are big hearted and open and vulnerable and, caring and supportive like it's it baffles my mind the manner of uh beauty that exists within the community uh and ultimately i would say the re- i was drawn to board games right because it was interesting and novel it was fun to see these funny little colored cubes on this board and you could move them around and do weird things with them and it felt uniquely European and therefore cosmopolitan and a little <laughs> fancy shishi, right? Like, like there was that, 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 that sort of that thin line of utter and complete pretension to which I am famous for which I am famous. Uh, and it's part of who I am. I can't, you know, I can no longer, you know, I try to deal with it and manage it and mitigate it, but it's like my nose, you know, uh, I wish it were smaller, but it's the one I've got. And, um, <laughs> You can and you so, could get some makeup and you could contour down the sides and stuff. Uh, and I yeah. do, right? Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I take, you know, a little sculptor's wax here and there. But, but uh, the point being, that was what drew me to it, right? And I enjoyed it, and it was something fun to do uh, with my wife. Uh, but what's kept me in the hobby over the decades now, which is crazy. Uh, but is the the depth of humanity that I've found within the community. The fact that I have seen people when I was dealing through some dark times lift me up. I've seen people lift others up. I've seen people be there in support for people who are honest and vulnerable about what they're dealing with or struggling with. And then you've got your Jack Vassal Memorial Funds and John, you know, and, and Tom just really putting all of his energy into serving the community. And, and he's just one of many, you know, I mean, there's so many of people, you know, Stephanie Straw putting hours and hours into providing support for the, you know, Children's Miracle Network and, yeah. and just a lot of people like really throwing themselves into service. And then in the same regard, you got people who are being advocates for all of our communities, you know, whether it's uh, Katie or, you know, Suze or, uh, you know, I don't know, any number that I could name who are standing up and holding people up and uh, and standing up to people and in the same time guiding people along. Like, I just love the fact that our community is about uh, being there for each other in all the ways that you are, you know, like guiding us 
to the right place when we need to be guided sometimes and giving us support when we need support sometimes. Like that's what's kept me in this hobby over the years is just just seeing both in my own experience of the people that I love, that I see every convention or several times a year to the people that I've never met but who I know they're my allies, you know, uh, if ever I needed them. So, and I'd be there for them too, you know, in the same regard. It's just, that's what our community is about. Well, I mean, it's a community because in order to be able to play a board game, you usually need to be sitting opposite somebody and it's very difficult not to sit and play a game unless, as we say, we're playing Magic Maze and you're throwing down pawns at people. But without having some kind of conversation as you're talking, I mean, I yeah. think I think um, when I was looking for the when I was looking at a hobby, and this was thinking about getting back into a hobby, and I think the first thing was I need to have something which involves an ability to have potentially form friendships with people. I mean, that's you know, and I automatically went, "What can I do that?" And then I was kind of looking, checking back into board games, and then I went, "Well." If I can go along, I can see. And then I walked in and it was kind of like, wow, this is kind of what I've been looking for. Because it wasn't just a case of everybody sit around and play the game. It was a case of everybody sitting down and saying, so how's your week been? Kind of thing. Right. How you been? Right. Yeah. How you been today? How you been this week? And sometimes people will say, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know me, it's kind of been okay. But then you get some people that would go off on a little rant and you... You would let them rant and you would let them rave and you would let them complain about how much this annoyed them or their boss pissed them off or whatever it was. But it was all about the conversation which revolved more around that. Now, you can argue you kind of get that. You could get that with other hobbies, but I don't think there's the nature of the hobby being some kind of straight level of communication right? that you don't right. get in any other hobbies. I mean, I go, I do Taekwondo, but right. I'm not smashing somebody repeatedly in the head with my foot and saying at the same time you know so how's your week been kind of thing because i'm right right them. right and i think right one of the things that's kept me in the hobby is the fact that i'm always guaranteed a certain level of communication and it also opens you up to having maybe chats afterwards or if somebody's being slightly different or a little bit quieter you can say well listen let's you know are you okay and you know it kind of leads into that kind of good thing which is always which is always kind of good and I'm always surprised how you get that in board games but you don't get it as much in the kind of the close it's close cousin the kind of the video game which still perplexes me how How, people that say the hobbies are so close and that to me they're so kind of far away you know, yeah, it's 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 yeah. yeah. I could I could go to an expo tomorrow. I could sit down at a table with a copy of Carcassonne or Dice Masters or you know Star Wars Destiny or whatever, and you'd end up speaking to the person in some way, shape, or form. You know, unless it was a tournament kind of thing, and that fascin that kind of fast I find kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an it's an odd thing to unpack. You know, the sort of the fact that both are games, right? And both are these sort of uh, uh, simulated experiences of challenge and adversity that are ritualistic in certain ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are kind of, you know, there's the journey and the challenge and we're sort of confronting it in a safe but experiential way. Both of them have those same features 
and there's very often a common sort of you know uh, building towards the same sort of things. But what for I I agree it it feels to me now again I'm not a m- big video gamer so I I don't want to speak of which I do not know but my son plays Fortnite and he enjoys it and it, it, there is a great community he's developed within the small core of friends that he plays with yeah but it's not as but of course he's 13 too right so he doesn't have the sort of the need for the emotional depth that that an adult may have yeah um but I think that the board game is different because it is in most cases in real time right it's it's uh we we are in space together and there's something meaningful about being in a in a particular space with another human being being present yeah. in the real in in the the analog i think there are totems too i think the things we touch and we feel are important somehow there, there are real physical manifestations of the challenge that we can interact with commonly, and that sort of shared kinesthesiology, I think, is meaningful. Um, I don't know. It's, it's. I've really, be, I would really be, and I've discussed this on the show before, but I'd be really interested to see a brain scientist with more knowledge than I do, than I have, look at this and unpack it in a way that might give us great, greater insights into what's going on at the table that is so unique, uh, almost uh, reverent in some ways. I don't want to give it too much power no. or be disrespectful of people's faiths, but there is something we don't quite speak that becomes manifest at the table. And it's weird because like, where in those rare instances where you have someone who doesn't fit in the circle, it is like, it is like a pebble in the shoe. It is so... It profoundly exacerbating it's just weird how if it if you know when when it works it's always fine but that one odd experience where there's somebody who doesn't click with the group and everybody knows it right yeah we all feel it almost instinctually um and i ugh, it's it's just a bizarre thing but i i i just have always been very uh taken by the community uh, in all of its manifestations yeah. because of board gaming. Well, all I know is the UK Games Expo was on this weekend, and I know that mm-hmm. there would have been a lot of people that have spoken to a lot of their peers through Twitter and Facebook and things like that, and there's going to be a lot of probably firm friendships that have been formed by actually people meeting probably face-to-face mm-hmm. for the first time and sharing a game over a table, which is a very kind of cool kind of a cool thing to happen yeah it is cool and i mean you know which is not to say that you have to be at all these experiences to be a part of the community you can participate in any way you want we talked about that on our most recent show but i i do agree that like there's that opportunity of sort of meeting and getting into the space with and, and forging friendships that yeah you'll see a couple of times a year but when you do it's like you're right back where you started off and, uh, you know, and I have several friendships that are like that and, uh, they're, they're really special and dear to me. And, uh, I, I imagine that they will persevere in my life longer than a lot of other relationships I've had. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you. Okay. Sure. Being in the content creation space that you're mm-hmm. in, do you feel pressure to play more games than you usually would? as a hobby is it like a work time kind of hobby situation 
do you feel you yeah. have to kind of maybe games jump in? Yeah. Do you feel that, oh, I better play this because I know I'm going to be talking about it this week? Or are you? do you try and just say, well, listen, it's a hobby. I don't want to turn this into a situation where I'm forcing myself to play something or look at something. Yeah, it's a balance. Sometimes I have to, it, it has to be work. Yeah. There are times where I've just, I've got to get these games played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the same regard, I have the the thing that makes a, a being with a, within a cast, uh, meaning the four of us, uh, a, a valuable thing and why it's a format that I, I like is because first it gives us something to play off of, but also there's life happens. And when I'm a, in a moment where I can't, play as many games I can reach out to my castmates and be like look I got a lot going on and I'm not going to get a new one in this week uh so you know somebody else is going to have to pick up the slack so that we can make sure we've got our content or you know we got such and such a game in I thought I was going to get to get it played but I've had too much going on let me get it back to you guys Mm -hmm. and see if you can get it played um I mean it is work there's no doubt about it. There are features of the job where you just got to get, you got to be reliable, right? Um, like when a publisher creates a relationship with you, uh, you know, we don't take any kind of, we don't accept sponsorship at this point and we've never, ex- we will never accept pay for a review or a preview. So with the only currency we have is our uh, getting access to the, to the content, the games and, providing a timely response to it, you know, um, hitting the deadlines that we've set for ourselves. And so sometimes, yeah, you can, you can have to really kind of crank something out because you know, you've got an expectation and an obligation that, you know, there's a quid, there's not a quid pro quo per se, but I like to meet my, when I say I'm going to do something, I try my best to get there. And, uh, so we try to do that. Sometimes it can be a bit, uh, cumbersome in that regard. And, it's it suits me well because I love novelty, and so getting a whole bunch of new games played. You know, when it's a deep review, we get four to five reviews in a plays in of in it before we review it. If it's a preview or a banter review, one of our lighter reviews, we will just get a couple have to just get a couple of plays in it. You know, unless it's a game that really has some weird stuff going on, right? And yeah, so yeah. I get to kind of flit around a little bit. I enjoy being a hummingbird uh, when it comes to board games. Um, so I don't have as much of the need that other gamers may have to dig in deep on a title. Um, so it suits me. And that's part of why I've done this is because, well, you know, this is the way I like to play. And yeah. this particular game playing style is conducive to this sort of very... Uh, ADD, you know, sort of erratic sort of style of, of going about things. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's, it's a, it, it meshes up for me. Right. So I've never found it to be that tedious. Occasionally there will be, there will be a time when just a lot of stuff comes in. Like we get a whole bunch of boxes and we've got a lot of stuff we've got to deal with because of the release schedules and it can become a little bit like, ah, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and my kids hate it because they're my last, they're my gamers of last resort, you know? <laughs> and so if I've gotten to my kids, then, oh, then dear. it's, it's gotten pretty dire and they, they are, 
they can get a little cranky. Um, I could just imagine you sitting at the dinner table and saying, you will finish that broccoli or we'll be doing three hours of Heroes of Land, yeah. Air and Sea. And they're going, yeah. Dad. exactly exactly yeah i mean it's it, it is it's just like what are some games that my kids have recently had to play they recently had to play a couple of games of fey with me which oh, they right. like they yeah, enjoyed yeah, that yeah, and it was yeah. short yeah uh they recently had to play we played knock mall a bit uh but again short and they enjoyed it uh i'm trying to think what's the last game that i played with the kids where they were just like just it was a fine game but they were simmering at the end of it because of the circumstances <laughs> just want to go yeah and up, i mean the table. and it's yeah and it's kind of like i don't make my kids play games with me very often it's sort of my caveat like they're my kids and yeah. so nine times out of ten but occasionally i've done a lot of stuff for them i'm their dad and i run them around here and i take them there and i do this for them there and blah yeah, blah blah yeah, yeah. and i'm like you know what i'm owed you know, you guys owe me. I got to get this played. <laughs> and it's just the way it's going to be. And my 15-year-old daughter oh, is wow. like, she, my son is more pliable. He's 13 and, uh, and, and typically will be a little more pliable. My 15-year-old will be just mm. a little bit, uh, she'll, she'll dig her heels in sometimes. That's not happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's not. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I can't think of the last thing that I played with them where they just, they were, it was not too long ago. I remember something I played pretty recently. I just can't, for the life of me, I cannot call call up what it was that I played with them. And uh, and it just did not, they were like, just not happy to have to play it. It depends. I mean, I'll, I'll, get in, I'll bring it like a firm favorite and occasionally like I'll sneak in a new one. I think the last one I kind of sneaked into play was kind of like Dinosaur Island and the day the Dayglo color scheme kind of worked wonders for that because my daughter went, "This is cool, Dad," and my son went, "This is pink, Dad," and I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> Just yeah, you know. By the yeah. end of it, they were both like, "Wow, this is going." They, they were having a good time. They were having you know they were having kind of like a good fun, um, and then I borderlined it with like something like viticulture where they went, and "This is a bit dry," and I yeah. went, "Well, it is a you know it's a white wine. What are you expecting?" Yeah. Um, Duh. Yeah. If I, if I if I tell dad jokes, like, come on, dude, you're I getting know. your kids to play these board games, and then you're gonna <laughs> limb, you're gonna hammer hammer them with dad jokes. It's a captive. You, it's a captive audience. It's a captive yeah. audience. Yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah, go yeah, anywhere. Well, you know, I made them for a reason, Dagnabbit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that is the one. So yeah. have you have you got a style of games that you'd enjoy? I mean, are you are you one of those that is into kind of like the heavier games or are you know are you kind of are you are you preferring are you preferring something kind of like short and light and kind of easy that you can get into and have a quick game of i like both um i'm if my is for me when i'm playing a game for me it's going to be a mid to heavy euro all right uh, pretty okay. crunchy you mm-hmm. know like if a game a game for my choice will be arkwright uh or uh let's see i'll tell you right now honestly notwithstanding your 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 aversion if i had a game we just recently reviewed argent the consortium i play that yeah 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 Yeah. i will play that game anytime it comes to the table right now i am so obsessed with that board game right now um so those are the games that i would choose for me but in the same regard uh you know manhattan uh, the new reprinted version. Uh, I I love that. Like I like abstract games. Uh, you know, my son and I play Santorini 
probably five times a week. Um, it stays out on the table and it gets played all the time. And I really enjoy it. And he really enjoys it. It's, it's, you know, as I've said many times, uh, I, I prepare the meals in my house and, and, uh, when I'm simmering something on the stove and he's maybe sitting at the table, just finished some homework, he and I'll knock a game out, um, very often. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it all, but if, if you had to, you know, if you had to choose for me, it's probably going to be a, a pretty, uh, not horribly, not 18x, but you know, <laughs> uh, but, a, but a but a chunkier game, you know, um, heavier weight with a little more uh, moving parts to it. Yeah, I played. Um, what did I play? I played Wasteland Express Delivery Service quite recently. Yeah. I really, really, I kind of really, really kind of liked what we played in that. But then. Yeah. But then the other night I was playing um I was playing um Catacombs Conquest, which mm-hmm. is basically a very, very light version of Catacombs, you know, the kind of the fl- almost like a flicky it's a dexterity game. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. But you just basically, you know, you play instead of your creatures having set moves, you, you, you have a hand of cards and you play a card and you're round and that decides your 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 basically your little disc takes on the um the attack of that particular card so it's very fast it's very quick it's very paced and obviously i can't flick for anything at all so i lost absolutely completely um but it is kind of really really fun and it was it depends it's kind of kind of i guess it's the kind of the mood that i'm in you know because i've got i've got access to quite a few games you go to the club and somebody's going to come out and says hey does anyone want to play this game for instance so we've dived into somebody'll bring on like lords of waterdeep and we'll just say yeah come on we you know it's like a big kind of it's like a nice sweater it's like a fluffy yeah. jumper you can just stick lords of waterdeep on you're saying okay i'm sweating a bit but you know it's comfy i know the game i like what i'm kind of i like what i'm kind of doing do God, you i haven't played lords in so long <sighs> it's a good game i do enjoy it it's fine. It's good. I prefer the vanilla um, all the time because otherwise, bigger, more, yeah, more um, kind of uh, complicated things kind of confuse my brain. I end up kind of sitting in the corner, kind of forgetting how my legs have worked and kind of Oh, they like absolutely. That, you know? I I, I want to be not mistaken. It's a it's an interesting sort of thing. This is another. I mean, I seriously like I'm working on a on on some authorship on this right now. Um, like I am not a good board gamer like i'm not you know i i i lose far more games than i win yeah uh i lose far more games than all of my the people i play with mm-hmm. um and it's 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 but uh so there's nothing to be said like i'm i'm often helpless at these games i don't know what it is that draws me to them and why i persist in sort of enjoying the challenge they present and then the flip side of that is like I am not a stupid man. I'm a bright man. I'm, I, you know, I've done, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like objectively, like I'm not trying to blow my own horn. I just, you know, it's, it's, you know. Yeah, I've heard that. But, but the point is, (laughs) but the fact remains, I'm abysmal. I get just rocked by people at these games. And I'm like, why am I just getting like trounced? You know, at all, like why? And I'll try. Like I will, like really bend my mind towards trying to understand a game and trying to think through it and trying to be deliberate about the choices that I make. And I just, like, I don't see what other people see. 
Um, and I've always kind of marveled at the fact that, uh, that I just, I can tit, can, can, like it's Sisyphus, you know, I'm just pushing that rock up the hill and it keeps rolling back over me. <laughs> and, and I just keep on going, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, maybe Prometheus getting his liver eaten out. I was going to say, yeah, metaphor. I was going <laughs> to. I was going to say that I'm a sucker for punishment. It's okay. Yeah, what's happened exactly. to you? What's happened to your liver, Patrick? It'll it'll grow back. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's fine. Fortunately, thank God, uh, <laughs> the gods are just. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but uh, but I still enjoy it. You know, uh, the intellectual rigor of it. I'm not good at it, but I don't know. I got to keep the muscle. I don't know. So you f- are you like f- are you like four out of four when it comes to you guys if you're getting together and playing a game? Then do you automatically say, "Well, I'm going to be last"? Yeah, I mean, I would say Rob wins the most. Uh, well, he's got a face that, that looks like he wins the most. That's a very yeah. very scary, Rob. That's a very scary picture you've got on the website. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying he's anything. Got, yeah, you, it's a serious one. Uh, that one. But yeah, he wins the most uh, by a healthy margin. Um, and then I would say, I mean, Josh is a heavy gamer. He's probably the second most, he's our newest host. He's probably the second most wins. And then Christina probably, I, I mean, I win fewer games than anybody else. Christina beats me, uh, I would say more often than not. Christina is definitely the, when we play a game for the first time, she's our systems analyst. She figures it out quickly. Mm -hmm. She can... She can figure out the systems quicker than everybody else, and she can win that first game. Rob, once he gets the, he synthesizes everything through that first playthrough, then things start clicking for him. He's put together, like he integrates all of the knowledge that he's gained from the experience, and he improves upon himself. Uh, and uh, and Josh is 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 very much a uh, a, a key within a lock. He will try a key. He'll hit the lock. When he figures out which key works, he starts spamming it really effectively with subtle variations that can be quite, you know, sophisticated. And I am uh, the bag of excrement left upon the front door <laughs> that is be being so, lit. Don't be so. Uh, don't be so. Hard. I, I mean, I, I know. I'm, I'm very. I'm self-effacing. But but <laughs> I was trying to come up with something colorful. But but the point is, um, you know, I am. I am. I will stumble. Even a blind uh, squirrel finds a nut. Uh, I will occasionally stumble into victory. <laughs> That's um, not even a saying. It there's is a no, saying. There's no point in anyone in history is somebody turning around consoling somebody after they have it, not succeeded at something and said, don't worry, son. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. If somebody said that to me, I'd be turning around and going, that, that, that's your saying? Wait, wait, <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have heard thing. Scottish aphorisms. I have heard idioms in my life from of Scottish origin. Well, go for it. And, it, well, I can't remember any of them. Oh, well, that's, but, uh, that's good. That's but good. I, I know, good. I know. That's a good defense. I, get, hit, hit me with one. I, I, I can't remember them right now. I'm on the spot. But I, I know I've been, I thought to myself, I was like, What? That doesn't make any sense. Like, what do you think is all right, just for 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 giggles, if you could? Like, what's a an idiom, a Scottish idiom that you think is 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 uh is colorful but also a bit cryptic? Okay. Every rose has its thorn. 
Yeah. All right. And every All right. every day has its dawn. And every cowboy thinks, no, no, hang on, that's not that. That's, that's yeah. No, that's right. No, no, no. It's 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 the yeah. Uh, it's the great Scottish poet. Uh, uh, Bone Job Eye, I think is yeah. He's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, my accent's bad, but uh, you know, I have to say. When I listen to you guys, this is no, this is no joke. When I listen to you, I will start mimicking word for word what you're saying. Um, but I, I'm not joking. You guys will talk, and I'll start working on my accent work with you guys. Because when I was, I've said this before, but so I can't remember the name of the the actor. I think it's Graham. I don't know who. You'll you'll be able to tell me. But the voice actor who's also it may be Graham Greene. Um, who read the Harry Potter books on books on tape, you know, has the record of having the most uh, I voices. Was, I thought that was Stephen Fry. No, is Stephen that Fry. It is, yeah. it is Stephen Fry. You're there right. You it's Stephen Fry. So, and so I was just, I was uh, gobsmacked by his, his fluidity, his ability to sort of deal with accents. And so when I started reading the books to my kids, I started working in all of my accent work and developing various, I, I have, this. I have a, uh, a book on accents and I, I can't do it now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I could, I could bring up my voices. I would, you, I want a Scottish accent right now. Patrick. All right. Well, a Scottish accent. Oh, yeah, heaven yeah. to mercy. All right. All right. Oh, come on. Oh my God. You're going to kill me. Uh, I'm, I'm mortified go. in doing this, but I'll try. I'll do it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a sport. You'll get a drum roll. Um, You'll get a drum roll. When you were over. And uh, he and came on down. He, he came down from the hills, and I can't do it. Let say something for me. Uh, give me a uh, a bro brick brinick. Uh, <laughs> uh, isn't that isn't that some like, it's a like brick, I remember it's a bro brick midlechtenicht. It's a bro brick midlechtenicht. It's a bro brick midlechtenicht. Well, the point being, I did all this voice work for my kids, and look, my kids were what were they? They were seven and five. Okay, and and I whether my you know, my Cornwall accent was accurate. It didn't matter. What mattered was that whenever Dolores Umbridge spoke, she was, whenever Dolores Umbridge spoke, she always spoke like this. Now, Holly, when you come over here, you need to be sure. To <laughs> don't, don't, are you going to, are you going to ignore me, Harry? Are you going to, I, I see that, you know, that's how Dolores Umbridge spoke. Now, she, I don't know where the hell her accent's coming from. No. It's got a little bit of, you know, Everything. this and a little bit of that. It's a potpourri of garbage, but it doesn't matter. You know, my kids knew that whenever you were talking like this, you were talking like Dolores Umbridge, you know, and that was just the way that it was. And but obviously oh, I and this is not a joke. <clears throat> I would make notes in the marginalia that said, you know, Dolores, you know, uh, hold your teeth tight together and pinch in your mouth, talk through your nose, you know, so that I could have cues every time that I would do her. And and. So as a and I, but I bought some books on some accents and started trying to familiarize myself with them in in support of that. But when I listen to you guys, I definitely like try to mimic your voices because they're just well. First of all, I mean they're 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 damn they're they're just they're straight up sexy, right? Thank you. Uh, it is. I mean it's 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 I don't know what it is, but it just it it captivates the mind. Uh, and so there's that. Uh, and you know, as I said, I don't have much of a wow factor, so. <laughs> so is this way, you know. <laughs> you're gonna be going yeah. to going to yeah. it. I'm just having a little drink here, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. If you want something to drink, here, you know, <laughs> come on over. We'll, 
Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I don't understand if you've got Irish. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't well, and this is always the case. Why you're kind of like yeah. put on a Scottish yeah. accent? Well, and that's Scottish is tough. It's hard because it's got uh, it's got R's in it. It's it's yeah. It's hard and it requires a lot of sort of articulation yeah. and like uh, I, Irish. You know, and I, you know, when you were doing, when you come down here for me, and you were telling this girl over here that she was not going to come over and talk to me like that's I told her to. That's Liverpudlian. Is that Liverpudlian? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I remember when I was in Ireland, like I could, like internalize it. Yeah, and I'm the sort of person that, like, I have a bit of a, of a mimic's ear. Like, yeah. if I listen to your stuff long enough, I can pick it up. But holding the, you know, like finding the notes that I have to hit. In order to get there, like there, there's that's there's certain phrases that sometimes I can fall into it if I work at it. But uh, but it's always when I used to do improv and I do accents, every one of my accents were utterly indecipherable. Like I just marble mouth all of my words. Uh, it all sounds like just a bunch of garbled garbage. And uh, and you know whatever, everybody got a hoot out of it. Uh, so you know. It was, it was, it was what it was. I'm I mean, I, I, over the liver. <laughs> it, I know it's, it's hilarious. I literally, I was Flewellen in Henry V. Really? Many, many years ago. That's impressive. And I, I worked my, I couldn't do it now. This was way too long ago, but I got, this is before CDs and the computer. And I got these tapes, just tapes upon tapes of Welsh accents and, and like I like worked with a dialect coach and I had a solid Welsh accent because in the play that we, in the production we did, Flewellen was like, he was a, a more heavy. Boy. You what you be yeah, looking at, yeah. boy. He's, he, I mean, he's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the boys and the, the boys and the luggage, you know, <laughs> is, uh, but, but he was a much, I couldn't, I couldn't do it now. I just couldn't. Um, but it was like, I worked hard on it, you know, and, and, uh, it was one of the few productions I ever, ever did of Shakespeare where we did, we, we took on all the accents because it was very much, we were doing like this, like heavily, you know, cause like Henry's role, like, you know, his, his Welsh heritage is like hugely important to his ability to sort of maintain his power and his, in his sort of, uh, sway upon the soldiers, you know? And Flewellen's a big part of that. And so we very much were exploring sort of the the roles that culture has in sort of producing leadership in this production. So accents were important. Uh, but anyways, I don't know where how we got to all of this. It doesn't, it's fine, as but, I say, uh, it's fine. It's completely, it's completely your night, as I say. This is just one of these things we just like yeah, yeah, lit yeah. the blue touch paper and then set it off in a huge cacophonous oh, firework of wonder. Yeah. I mean, it, amazing. I'll, I'll tell you, in that production, so, like, I was this, like, I mean, I was, you know, younger and, you know, I've never been a big guy, but I was well cut. So I was, I was in probably the best shape of my life. And um, and there was this giant wooden platform that we had to get up on top of. And it was like we were all, it kind of had this primitive sort of clothing, you know, a lot of furs and such. And I got up on top of it and I had to uh, blow a, a ram's horn or, or something. It was some sort of, you know, horn. As at the beginning of the, you know, after, right before Agincourt, right after the scene where Henry's walking through the the men, you know, kind of encouraging them yeah. in disguise. And, and so I come up and I have to blow this giant horn. 
And it was long and resonant, and it was this big sort of moment. And it was high up on this wooden platform over this giant bed of rocks. And one night in this show, uh, and this is a big show. I mean, this is like a pretty big performance for me. It was a big uh, production company and whatnot. And I blow this horn, and I blow it beautifully and long and resonant, and I got this great, great breath, and I held it as long as I could. And I took the horn away from my mouth and I realized that I had expended every piece of breath within me and passed out <laughs> and immediately fell oh my eight feet to eight feet to the stage oh no. and just smashed on the rocks. And the only and I hit the ground, I pass out, go black, feel myself sort of falling through space, hit the ground hard. And I remember the only thing I could think to do was stand up as if nothing had happened and start yelling at people. And, uh, and, and this, and like not a bit of it scanned, not any of it was Shakespeare's original. <laughs> it was, it was just like, just I was, I was, it, it had a, it had a Welsh accent, but it was, it was probably, I was telling people, you know, would various, you say that folk, Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, so, oh uh, yeah, it was good, good stuff. Uh, I was, I was an artist. I mean, for, um, and this is where we kind of swing right back round, you know. Yeah. I bet no, I've been. Um, what have I been? Doing? I was watching. Um, I didn't realize that Goodfellas was on Amazon, Amazon movies. So I, I was started. Uh-huh. I, you know, you say I'm just going to see if this is any good still, if it still holds up. And you start watching the first five minutes, and then forty five minutes later, you're like, oh, I need to go to bed. I need to go to bed. This is like two yeah. days. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. <clears throat> that's just one of these things. You're talking about accents. And which stuff which like one that. is it? What show was it? Goodfellas, you Goodfellas, said. Goodfellas, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. That's no, but, a, that, but you end up no, but you end up you know monologuing. Oh, <laughs> you for end sure. Up, you know, you end up getting up and saying, "I'm just gonna go and get myself some coffee." You know, <clears throat> now yeah. we never understood the way to get coffee before. You know, we never right. went up and paid for it. We just went in and we just got coffee because you know we had respect, and it's kind of like that. So I end up going. I'm just gonna go and get myself some milk. Then I'm gonna get some sugar. Bada bing, you know. What am I laughing at you for? What am I, some kind of comedian for you or something? Am I meant here to be here you're, and telling you jokes? Your uh, your Jersey accent is better than my whatever the <laughs> hell I did. Uh, it's 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 a lot better than mine, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, it is weird how when you'll get into into the rhythm of something that you're watching, yeah. you just feel like, especially when you're alone in the house, you you get into this place where you start like playing it out in in yeah. when you're pausing and. And like you, you just—I I do at least. Uh, but I have lots of problems. <laughs> uh, so. well, okay, I mean, bringing it back in. I mean, for people that haven't, that have listened along, and they've went, I guess these guys kind of talked about board games. You've, yeah, <laughs> you've got like we 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 waved a board game over the top of the conversation uh, we and said it. it's like black yeah. black pepper on a pizza. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's the flavor. Like, cardboard, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. Blue peg, pink peg. Give us the kind of the elevator pitch for people that have kind of listened along and said, right, i got to go and check out this podcast. What can they expect <laughs> if they jump into the land of the blue and the pink peg? Well, more board game discussion for sure, because I have other people who keep me honest. <laughs> uh, but... Um, we are we are focused ostensibly upon board games relationships and the interaction between the two, right? 
uh, our, our originally our conceit was it was me and my wife and my buddy and his wife, and they were not as involved in board games as we were, and we would talk about sort of play the games together and review them from those two kind of perspectives. Yeah. But what end, my wife and I ended up uh, separating, mm-hmm. and s- as a result, we reconciled at a later time, but uh, but we, she never has returned to the show. Mm-hmm. And, and so we still have Christina, who is our pink peg, and she is our, uh, you know, she kind of keep, but she's a hardcore bo- board gamer at this point. Uh, definitely a great evolution. So what we are about now, more so than, I mean, we still talk about relationships. We still kind of get real and talk seriously occasionally. But what we're about now is we're about human interactions and the sort of the foibles and oddities of being in community with people as you play games. So we'll talk about the things that we've done together. uh, We have a banter section is what we refer to it as, where it's a lot of kind of gameplay experiences and weird little things that have happened, sort of short storytelling, as it were. Then we get into our reviews where we kind of review games from a, with an eye on that sort of family weight, but also knowing that sometimes we like heavy games. So kind of with, you know, our taste to that sort of people that listen to us sort of, I think, have similar taste to us so they can feel that we're good proxies for their experience. Yeah. Um, and then we'll review game a single title in depth and kind of get into it. And through all wi- woven throughout all of that is a bunch of just bizarre sort of diversions and digressions, um, you know, that we try to stay on the core because, again, people are constantly pulling me back and I edit the stuff sometimes down. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, um, it, it, it's sort of, it, I think our primary focus is entertainment. I think that's what we aim to do as our first instinct. Um, but also to sort of create the sense. I mean, ultimately what we're getting at is, you know, everybody who listens to us over a period of time will get a sense that we are, they know us. They are, we're, we're pretty transparent about our lives. We're pretty transparent about our process. We respect the privacy of those that surround us, but we also want to be authentic about who we are and what we're doing. Yeah. And so I think that's sort of our core is authenticity. Uh, wherever that may take us. And uh, and so that's kind of what we've done. We try to keep our focus on families because we've been guided back to that by some of our listeners. Yeah. Um, but we're just having a good time, you know, um, and, you know, playing some fun games. We think we have really good taste in games and uh, and are able to sort of point people in directions of stuff that we think is pretty cool. That's cool. And where... Can people find you on the internet webs? On the interwebs. Well, our website is www.bluepegpinkpeg.com. You can search us out on all the social media, Blue Peg, Pink Peg. That'll take you right to us. Uh, We have a pretty robust Twitter presence, uh, you know, where we try to keep things. That's where our our more news-focused stuff is posted. you know, but we also have a very active guild on Board Game Geek with a lot of very active listeners. Uh, we have a very, a very loyal audience. We're not as big as some of the other podcasts, to be sure, um, but our listeners are very much part of our family. Um, we we interact with them very, very actively. We're very present and engaged, and that's kind of what we're about: is sort of building a community. Um, around the people that that resonate with what we do. 
Um, so if you think, you know, you might enjoy finding out what th we're about, um, you know, come check us out. We and, and look, if you hate what we're doing, that's cool. Like, we're good with that. There's, uh, there's you know, there's other, um, there's always other, as we always say, there's, you know, there's potentially a couple of other podcasts available. The board game yeah. space is quite quiet for content creators. I know, it's insane. It's just... Um, you yeah, it's like trying to drink out of a, of a fire hydrant, you know? Uh, it's just, it's like just a, it blasts you. Um, and I, as a matter of fact, like the way I listen at this point is I don't listen to any of my regulars at all. I haven't listened to them for the better part of this year. Yeah. All I do is I get three or four, maybe two or three, three or four new podcasts that I'm going to throw in my rotation. I listen to them for three or four episodes and then I pull something else in so that I can start sampling the waterfront. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of really cool voice yourself included, a lot of cool voices out there. Uh, and it's hard to break through and it's hard to find them, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, and I need to go out. I need, I've got a list of people I need to, I've been discovering this year that I, yourself included that I need to start promoting out there again. I did it. I do it every, I've been trying to do it, you know, a few times every year mm -hmm. and it's time for another one. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's great content. Uh, and, uh, but it's, it's for, it's very niche right? Right. Like it's okay that, uh, I, I've always told podcasters that get your number that you're looking to speak to. And as long as you're in dialogue with people that are, are interested in you and you're okay with that, yeah. just be okay with that. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's about quality, not quantity. It, it really is. Um, and uh, and, and the, that if you if you service that quality of people, then they'll start promoting you with others, and the quantity will come um, if that's what you want. Like I mean, I'll say you know we are you know our numbers are fine, but they're not you know world beating. Um, but we're okay with that, you know. Ah, you're always I always see you guys in the iTunes charts. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean, look, always look. see you guys in the iTunes shows all the time, and you're always higher than well, me. Well, it and probably I'm just means always it... just like what the actual Falkirk is going on uh, here. Well, we've been we've been doing this for five years. Every week, every two weeks, I suppose. With without without a miss, we only we only have missed a couple of weeks for five years. Consistency, uh, and and honestly, yeah, there's consistency is a big part of it, but also it's just like. You know, like, you know, eventually, I don't know, you know, tip, flip the table, they're gone. You know, we outlasted those sons of guns. You know, we just, we're just going to, our philosophy is we're just going to be, you know, we're just going to keep going until there's no one else left. You know? <laughs> eventually there's a new, and, the new and, apocalypse. And eventually, yeah, in some apocalypse, some guy's going to be cranking up with his little electric charger a little iPod like in Book of Eli and <laughs> the only board gaming podcast that's going to be out there is going to be us. When when it's when it's when you're whatever your apocalyptic scenario is, be it disease, zombies, you know, alien invasion, robot apocalypse, Bananas. you know, the invasion of the dolls, yeah. whatever you're I mean, the most likely I think is probably the invasion of the dolls. That's potentially uh, that's a that's an even that's an odds even's favorite as far as the bookies are saying. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I was looking at, at Patty Line and it was, you know. 
But anyways, the point being, um, no matter what your apocalypse scenario, the soundtrack of your apocalypse is going to be blue peg, pink peg. I promise you that. And, and we will be uh, plugging right along, uh, reviewing all of the games uh, from our bunker. Like, I mean, I've, I, we have a whole sound studio that we've never even, that's hike that's, that's sealed, uh, that we've never gone into just for that scenario. Like that's our long game, right? Like that's, that's sort of like, we're kind of, I gotta be honest with you. Like I'm hoping it's going to happen soon because I'm starting to wear out, you know, I don't know how much longer I can do this. So, uh, you know, but here in America, we're doing our part. That's it. Um, you could definitely say that, and yeah. alongside them in the in the apocalypse. Yeah. Oh no. We, okay. Uh, okay. We're, okay. We're, 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 we are carrying America is carrying everybody's water when it comes to to trotting towards the apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, it's time. I mean, you guys did your little Brexit thing over there, yeah. you know, with your Fermat, Fermat, whatever that guy. Yeah. Your your, your crazy crazy nut job. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm getting political. I shouldn't do that. But but the point being, I'm not political. I'm just being glib. But the point being, you guys need to step it up because like we we we're showing people how to get it done here in Absolutely. the U.S. of A. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if you want to keep an eye on what we're doing, because I'll tell you what, they may think they're going to be the only podcast <laughs> in the zombie yeah. apocalypse. Hey whatever. man, look, dude, I'm, we can we got, look. You got to have guests. I got you gotta have guests. Yeah, we could guess. You could guess every well, second of the cool. week. You know, sure. I we think, could, we know, could have we... a special section on how many teeth I've lost today, which is always yeah. going to be a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. Bunk, bunk, bunk. It'll be good. You know, we'll have our own. We'll have these meetups. You know, where like you know we'll have a like <laughs> instead of giving out board games, I got I've got like five water filters, guys. I'll be able okay? to. Um, I'll be able to fly because I would have grown some wings. <laughs> yeah, so right. Can, you can come on over. We'll have our whole mutant thing going on, you know, <laughs> which is which is great. I imagine that I'm going to have a really, really bad mutant power, you know, but that's OK. Like, look, everybody needs somebody who can, you know, create the smell of old uh, car refreshers. Like that's going to be my mutant power. I was like, always thought I can, it was the ability I to can, spot eyes that haven't been dotted from over five. Oh, there you go. That's that works. That works. I was kind of thinking like I could, like I could think about new car smell and that would, my pheromones would admit that right <laughs> you just out of be, there. Yeah. Where's that pine yeah. fresh they, come they, from? They, 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 yeah. Yeah. They, that, that's my mutant name is pine fresh. You know, and and it could be uh, like when he's when you're extra nervous, you get fruits of the forest. <laughs> can you spell? Yeah, can you? Yeah, exactly. Can you, uh, anyone uh, spell strawberries? Yeah. yeah, Patrick must be getting lucky because. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I I, I smell tropical I, fruit. I don't even. Want uh, to, I don't even. So anyways, I don't just just step away from the car. Um, if you mm. want to keep an eye, what we're up to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to Twitter. <clears throat> go. We're not wizards. Yeah. You'll find us there. Go to Facebook. We're not wizards. You'll find us there. Go to YouTube. Search for We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. You'll find us there. You find us on Instagram under uh, under We're Not Wizards. We got a website which is We're Not Wizards dot com. You've also got our blog which is We're Not Wizards dot blogspot dot com. There's two bits of writing on there. Um, unless you start to look at it, there's going to be three. I'm warning you now. 
Um, <laughs> you can you can find us on all the podcast catchers like Stitcher and Speaker and Acast and Player FM and Podknife and Podbean are also there and they're fantastic because they automatically put all our episodes onto YouTube for us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. And as we always say, if you like us, consider dropping a subscription because that's very, very nice of you. Um, if you like us a little bit more, consider giving us a rating or a review. Um, remember, don't give us 10 because it makes us big-headed. No! But no, I, I don't give did, us a one because it makes no, us cry. No, give them the ten, you guys. I give disagree. Us a five. They deserve the ten. Give us a five because it's in the middle. <laughs> five and it's average, and we are decidedly and it's the highest average. that you can do. So it's, it's great. Don't ruin the joke. Um, yeah. Oh no, I that's my gag. <laughs> I ruin all the jokes. No, that's my. That's why I'm here. My other mutant power. That's five. The ruiner of jokes. <laughs> ah dear. Um. Thank you very, very much for coming on, Patrick. This has been a blast and a half. I've yeah, it's been, a, myself. it's been a, a complete pleasure. And uh, God darn it, sometimes I'm, I'm going to find a way to get out to UK Game Expo because you guys sound to ha- sound, seem to have a really great time oh, out there. Yeah. And all the coolest cats are, are hanging at, at UK Game yeah, Expo. Yeah, I'll be there next year. All right, bud. Because once, well, I've, listen, once it, I've moved house. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for indulging me. You're, you know, you're very, very welcome. There are only two more things to do, though, Patrick. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards? No, absolutely no. not. No, it's it's it, nor should you be wizards. God damn it! Stay away, wizards. Just stay away. Look, my yeah. eyes all twitching now. And the yeah, second thing, <laughs> the second thing is to say goodbye so it's a goodbye from the wonderful the fantastic the amazing the blue peg in the blue peg pink peg patrick kelly say goodbye patrick all right goodbye all blue peg pink peg number two signing off and it's a goodbye from me remember stay safe roll sixes and um go and yeah check out check out the content because um it's a funny show and there is madness and there's mayhem, but there's also an awful lot of passion behind what they're talking about. And uh, let's face it, you can always listen to one more podcast, I guess, and <laughs> read the reviews and everything else that they're putting out there as well. Um, but until the next time, goodbye. Bye, all.